episode 65 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast. How do you know if your organization is high performance? What makes one organization outstanding and another one mediocre to below average when they do the exact same thing and they sell the exact same product? You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Insights and information from world-class leadership experts. There's a term we use quite a bit when we're talking about leadership here on this podcast, and that is high performance. But for a lot of people, that's kind of a vague term. Can you kind of explain to me what high performance means to you? Yeah, and and the word high performance has been around for a long time, and Mm -hmm. it's used in all kinds of different ways. But if you go back 100 years, an organization started being put together, and there was all kinds of different things that were developed. Uh, It started with scientific management, and there was different ways of how do we organize employees and how do we create more efficiencies from factories to information sharing to systems. And and there was a a group of people that started researching and looking at the common denominators of the most successful organizations out there. What makes them high performers where other organizations are in the middle of the road or even below average? What are these common denominators? What, What makes them high performance. So we use the word high performance when it comes to the top characteristics of leaders, of organizations, of teams, of sales and marketing departments. And so we're looking at common characteristics of what makes them so successful. So the idea is that organization is performing better than all of its peers, and you want to know why it's performing better on different aspects of it. Absolutely. So what makes one organization outstanding and another one Uh, mediocre to below average when they do the exact same thing and they sell the exact same product, you know, they have the same type of customers. What makes them high performing versus others? When we talk about a high performing organization, what kind of characteristics are things that you will see in a high performing organization? You know, it's interesting because in high performance organizations, there is truly a framework to it. There is a model that goes with it. You know, one of the earliest things that I learned 20 plus years ago when I started studying high performance organizations, that there's a difference between a systematic approach to an organization and what is classified as a heap organization. So a heap organization simplistically is if you take a a big pile of hay and you take that hay and you break it into two components, now you have two heaps and they still can function as a bale of hay or a pile of hay, even though you split them in half. Okay. But in a system approach, if you take one component of the system out, the entire system breaks hmm. because it requires an inner communication and linking of all the systems effectively to create the entire system. So you can't touch one piece of the system without affecting the entire process. We're in a heap system. If you take a big pile of something and you split it in two piles, you still have two piles that functionally do the same thing that they did when they were one pile. In traditional organizations, they use somewhat of the heap concept. And that is we have groups of employees or departments that do their own function without interdependence of the system. So I punch holes in sheet metal. I move this widget from this basket to that basket. And as long as I'm doing my job effectively, my heap, my department, my silo, whatever you want to call it, is effective, then I'm graded on that. In high-performing organizations, it's all developed around a system so that if you have 
touch or replace or increase efficiency in one area, it it affects and creates more efficiency in all areas. And so it's a, a holistic approach. So it's also like the idea that the person punching the metal holes in the in the sheet metal knows that that's going into a bigger project and something you're building as a company, right? Yes. And so what it does is it, it creates more of a need for communication, effective communication, for teamwork, for collaboration, clear vision and strategy of what we're trying to do. This uh, control and demand concept in the traditional organization doesn't work as well when everything in a high-performance organization is based off of treating employees like partners in the business and helping them understand how what they do affects the rest of the organization and how they have to communicate effectively and be a part of the the holistic thing. Now, when working with organizations, it's really tough. If the organization's done really well for a number of years and they've hit an area where they're not doing as well, their change is happening, something's going on. You know, one of the very first steps I have to do is help them shift the paradigm in which they see how to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Because to them, the subconscious or the way we think is we just go back to what we've always done and just work harder and get better at it and it'll naturally fix itself. The truth is that isn't always the case. Sometimes we have to shift the paradigm in which we, the mental model in which we see the organization and this and what's made us stall and what's changing in the environment and regulations and different things. You know, do we have to change? Do we have to evolve? Do we have to become something different? It's not easy. I think of it, and I've used this idea before of a big boat, and the boat is going along at a good clip, and, you know, we've built a new sail, so the sail is helping us get to our goal faster, but we're looking and we see that we have a hole in the bottom of our boat, and we're letting in some water. We could stop and fix the hole and then continue towards the goal, or we could build a bigger sail. And some companies, they ignore the problems that they have and instead just keep going towards what's worked for them in the past when at some point that hole is going to take on a lot of water yep. and they're going to sink. The sail will never be big enough to take over the amount of water that the boat's taken on. Yeah, when I meet leaders of organizations that really want to improve, they know what we've done in the past isn't working as effectively as it used to and we know we have to do something different, but we're struggling. We've hit this roadblock. We've got to figure something out to introduce a framework that they can follow, a simplistic model that they can say, okay, there's, you know, step one in the model is understanding the difference between a, what a traditional organization looks like and the difference between, like I just mentioned, heaps versus a systematic approach. What Are we heap driven right now? Or are we system driven? Do we understand the principles of what it's going to take to shift out of a traditional control and demand hierarchical silo driven organization into a high performance organization do we agree with that can we do it do we have the people people's commitment to want to do it and if the answer is yes great then we move to step two which is teaching them a a transformation framework we call it the transformation model that has seven critical steps in it or or areas that they look at from environment and strategy and core process, structure, systems, culture, and the results. And we really help them create this plan through that framework to assess where they're currently at today. Mm-hmm. And, and by systematically walking through this process, they can identify with themselves and their team, where are we? You know, on all these different measurements, where are we currently at? And let's benchmark it. And then we also have an assessment process where they can assess current characteristics of their top 
performers, the people in their business, mm-hmm. the ones that really excel, the ones that fit the culture the best, the ones that are committed, not just interested in the success of the organization. And so we have you know, these web-based products where we can assess their current people and create benchmarks for the common characteristics of their top people so that as they're looking to hire new people into the organization, they can assess them up front and say, do they fit the common denominators of what we're looking for in our top people or do they not match? Or maybe we're trying to hire them for one position, but they really match a different position. Uh, We need to push them over to that area because they probably have a higher chance of succeeding. So that's really the step two is analyzing what's going on and assess the organization. Then step three is we help them clarify their strategy Mm -hmm. and strategy is broken into two components. We have the business strategy, you know, what products do we sell? What market are we serving? What are our core differentiators? All of those kind of things and really help them clarify that strategy. And then they have organizational strategy, our, our mission, our vision, our values, our purpose. How do we treat each other? What kind of culture are we trying to create? What do we do to give back in the world? Those kind of things. And, and it's a balancing act. And we know that high-performing organizations are very clear about their strategy and their vision and how they want to provide value in the world And then they focus the leadership development, team development, and and behavior modification of the people tied to that clear vision, which leads us to step four. And that is then we start looking at the, the skills that leaders in that organization have to have to be able to execute on the strategy and the, and the vision of the organization and close the gaps that we've identified in the assessment process. And we know that Things like building strong teams and trust and emotional intelligence and understanding self-awareness. Different things are skills that leaders have to master, and and we tie it directly to that. And then the last piece of the the puzzle is that these leaders then have to build very high-performing teams of groups of people that come together and understand that the shared goal here and the work that we do together and that we're not silo-driven and the skills that it takes to be able to create a culture of performance, not just a culture of what's in it for me. And to do that, those leaders have to have those skills and build that team together. It creates this 360 degree solution to build a high performing organization. So if I'm a entrepreneur or a business owner, and I'm not quite sure if my organization is high performing or not, what are some of the symptoms How would you diagnose a company that or an organization that needs to become more high performing? Yeah. And and I would go a step further, Randy. I'd say that you don't have to be a business owner. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be that person. You can be anybody that's in charge of an organization in a leadership role, all the way down to anybody who cares about their organization that knows we can be doing better, that understands that this chaos that we're in right now doesn't have to be the way it is. I work with a tremendous amount of nonprofit leaders. They wear so many different hats and are in in what we classify as chaos on a regular basis. They know there's a lot of things that they should be doing, but they're so focused on trying to manage the chaos that goes on day to day. They're in reactive mode that they don't take time to really figure out how do we create a better system structure and process to manage and get out of chaos and move at least into stability where we have some consistent results. We have basic structure and processes in place. We understand who our customer is. We have a strategy and a vision of 
of what we're trying to build. And, and that just moves them to stability. That's not even high performance. When people say, we know we have a great product. We take care of our customers. We have a good team. We have enough resources in place, but we still don't feel like we have figured out how to be a high performing organization. We don't understand the gap. That's where we really step in and help and say, well, part of our job is to help you frame and change the paradigm and reframe the way you're looking at at a problem or the way you're looking at what's going on and systematically help the team go through a process of identifying, here's where we're at, here's what we know we want to build, now let's put a plan together to accomplish it. A lot of people may be listening and wondering, this is a good introduction to how this sort of thing works. Is there a way for us to get more information, for us to kind of get immersed in this kind of high performance idea? Sure. I always, anytime I meet anybody, and, and a lot of my clients right now will refer me to other people and say, you really need to meet Chip. You know, he's helped our organization or me personally. You know, how do you work with him? I ask people to attend. We have a two-day workshop. And we hold them all over the country. We have a couple coming up this fall. And in this two-day workshop, we, we make it extremely interactive and low cost for a reason. Because we know that going to a workshop is going to be boring uh, if it's a death, have by, to be. Yeah, death by PowerPoint kind of thing. That is not what we do. We, we put together a two-day workshop called a high-performance organization uh, workshop where it's very interactive. We limit the number of people. We keep it about 35 people or less. We only charge $595 for the two-day event, which is absolutely dirt cheap compared to what the value is that's tied to this. And, and actually, we even, for groups of two or more, we even charge less, $4.95. So it's very cost effective for a two-day. And what we do in the workshop is the first day that they get there, and typically it's on a Thursday, Friday, is we introduce the concepts of high performance. And we show, here are characteristics of what traditional organizations look like. And we have the participants in the, in the workshop actually go through and analyze where their current organization is right now on the scale between traditional paradigm, the way organizations run versus high performance paradigm. We introduce those concepts right up front and have them analyze where are we at, what the gaps are currently. And then after that, we move into the transformation model and we go through all seven areas, but every participant that's in the class is going through it themselves. I'm not standing up there lecturing for two days. It is step one is results. And let's look at your current results. And so we have them go to work and start looking at what are what we call a key result areas. What do we measure? What are we not measuring and why? You know, when I ask specific questions like what, what is the most profitable thing that you do, whether it be a product or if you're a nonprofit, who are your biggest donors? Where do you have the most revenue? Where is it sustainable? You'd be shocked how many business leaders don't know what the most profitable product is they sell, where the highest profit margin comes in their organization. Mm -hmm. So we have them look at really simplistic things and start analyzing it. And then at the end of the first day, they, they understand high performance and they understand the entire framework, the whole seven steps we've gone through and we've done a lot of interactive work. That night, we usually go out and have fun as a group. People that are in the workshop, uh, we have them anywhere from California to, well, the ones coming up this fall are in Yosemite National Park out there. We have another one scheduled in Austin, Texas. Both are in November. We have some other ones coming up. So we try and get the group together, get them talking and collaborating, so on and so forth. And then the, the next day, we start focusing on strategy. And we help them really look at 
their strategy from two sides of it. And we have them think about their current strategy and think about their current mission and vision and values and core process and, and what they do differently than most organizations and why. And through this whole process, they're rethinking everything. They're trying to decide, yes, this has been our strategy, but if it's not working, why is this our strategy? Have we been resistant to change? Are we trying to preserve what we've always done versus looking at ways to renew and become something different? And so that second is a real roll up your sleeves and go to work on strategy side of it. And we want them to leave at the end of the second day with a, a clear action plan of we know what high performance looks like now compared to what we're currently doing. We understand the framework of how to assess where we're at. And we at least have made some steps towards clarifying our our true strategy of what we're trying to do in our in our vision of where we're headed and now we have an action plan of steps that we have to start immediately implementing to execute on what we've gone through and we've done a number of these workshops all over the country and and we continually hear the same thing over and over and over again after every one and that is the clarity that I have now understanding the gaps of my organization understanding what I need to do from this place forward it's not going to be easy but this has simplified the process for me so that I can think differently frame it differently and with the help of me and and the partners that I work with all over the country we can then help people implement and execute on what they've put together it's amazing to me how many business leaders, organizational leaders just do things the way they've done it just because that's how they've always done it. There's that moment of clarity, that aha, that light bulb for these people in these workshops when they go, you know, I haven't thought through why we do it this way. And if this is the best way to do it, it's amazing. Yeah. And when I'll tell people when they first come to the workshop, first thing I tell them is there is a good chance that 90% of what I cover, you already know, unfortunately, you're not doing it. <laughs> it's only about 10 to 20% perhaps that is going to be new content or new ideas that you haven't thought of before that are just life shattering, you know, brand new stuff. But the reality is most of what we are going to talk about is stuff you know or have been taught or should have been doing this entire time. But chaos, the day-to-day -day whirlwind of all the stuff that's going on, keeps us from doing it. So this two days, for some, and we always do more in the fall than ever because people are getting ready to plan for January 1st. How do we, how do we have the best year ever? Well, it starts right now. Mm -hmm. Next year starts right now planning putting it together analyzing what we're doing wrong putting a different plan together so that we can execute more effectively with our people and with our strategy next year you see a lot of people also preemptively coming to these workshops going you know things are going okay right now but i can see as we grow or as technology changes we're not going to be able to keep up and we really need to refine who we are if we want to stay in business in the next 10 years. You know, I used to think when we started these workshops, it was only going to be, you know, senior level executives that were going to come and, and, you know, it was going to be a real think tank and we still have that component in it. But what we found is, and I work with all sizes of organizations, very large organizations down to very small organizational leadership business acumen leadership skills are lacking more than than people realize and so even if you're just an emerging leader that says i want to get better at becoming more effective at, at running teams and being an effective leader myself 
this organizational learning that they get, this business acumen side of it, and really understanding how their department affects the overall strategy and vision of the organization has been a large increase in helping companies move out of chaos into stability and then into high performance is that understanding the business acumen. I mentioned it on one of the previous podcasts, JFK was down visiting NASA years ago and he was walking through the halls and he saw a janitor and he walked up to the janitor and, you know, you can imagine the president of the United States there and here's the janitor just sweeping the hallway and he, the president stops and looks at him and says, so what do you do here? And he said, I'm helping put a man on the moon. <laughs> and we've heard that analogy many times before that you, you have to get everybody in the organization from entry level all the way through to senior staff to understand how what they do ties to the big picture and strategy of the organization. Mm-hmm. They're not just a role player in, you know, just focus on their job alone. They have to understand the strategy. And recently Harvard Business Review came out with a new article that talks about understanding strategy. And they did a massive survey of employees, multiple demographics, uh, multiple types of organizations, so on and so forth. And less than 10% of employees can tell you what the strategy of their organization is past making money. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. They think, well, we're in business to make money so that everybody can get a paycheck. That, I mean, basically past that, they struggled to figure out what their strategy was and why and, right. and how they're tied to the strategy. High performance organizations, everyone in the organization understands what we're trying to build and why we're trying to build it and what their specific role is in building that organization. It probably helps the employees to feel more motivated as well. I feel like if you only see your job role, your job title, you're not going to feel like what you do matters. But if you know that you're putting a man on the moon, I mean, it feels like even pushing the mop is probably a pretty good deal. Oh, absolutely. That's why employee engagement is such a big topic and has been for a long time because senior leaders of organizations know we have to get our people engaged. We need them to give us that discretionary effort that is so critical for us to be able to hit our goals and provide what we're trying to do for our employees, our customers, for our shareholders and everybody else. But when employees and people inside the organization don't understand how their job is directly tied to the strategy of the organization and the culture of performance isn't ingrained in the organization. It's do your job and don't get in trouble and don't make eye contact and you'll be fine. In some organizations, that's the norm. And so people feel like as long as I'm doing my job, I'm safe. I'm good. No problems. Uh, Unfortunately, high performance organizations do not work that way at all. I want people to come to this workshop, but I think it's important for you to see that this stuff really works. So I think there are some principles you could apply. I'm going to ask you first, Chip, if you have some ideas of things listeners right now can start putting into their organization today and see some real change so that when they're thinking about signing up for the workshop. They know this stuff works. Well, you can go to our website. You can go to 360solutions.com and you can download the framework, the seven areas. You can go download that worksheet, give it to everybody in your organization. One of the first things I would ask, and if you're listening to this, you want to try it, take it, download it, and then pass out the worksheet to everybody in your organization that you want to and ask them to do one simple thing. And that is, of the seven steps, there's two that I would ask you to work on. First is strategy. Mm-hmm. And the second is culture. Mm-hmm. So ask them, can you write down what is the strategy of this organization? 
business strategy and organizational strategy. And on the worksheet, you'll see on the back, it gives you some ideas of what we mean by that. And then ask him, define the culture of this organization. As a leader, do not, absolutely do not give them any more input or have them collaborate when they fill it out. Mm -hmm. You just want them to write down what they think the strategy of, the, of this organization is and the organizational strategy and what the current culture is like. Have them write it out. And you can bring everybody into a room if you want to and have them talk about it or have them pass it in. Now, understand, they're not going to give you what they truly think because they feel like, okay, this is a test. What's going <laughs> on? You know, why, why are you doing this? But here's what you will find. And I can say this without any hesitation in my voice because I've done it for 20 years with thousands of organizations. And that is, is that there will not be a clarity around the strategy of the organization. There will not be clarity around the mission of the organization or the vision. And there definitely won't be alignment of what the culture is mm -hmm. because everybody brings their own experiences to the table when defining that. And in high performing organizations, strategy is more of a mindset than a document. It's a mantra almost. And if you go to our website and download that worksheet and ask those questions to your people, I promise you, you will identify your first major gap. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, it's like asking everybody to start singing a song at once, but they get to <laughs> sing whatever song they want to. That's called noise. Right. It isn't until we get everybody on the same page, re reading the same music, singing at the same time on the same pitch, does it sound good? Right. And that's what high performance is about is getting people clear about where they're headed. Some things that I've used that have really changed the way I do things, the way I work that I've learned directly from you, Chip, and from the, the model is identifying the core business. So really looking at what is the core process of your business and then aligning all the things that you do throughout the day asking yourself, is this serving the core business? Is this the top priority for that core business? Yep. Just that alone has helped me kind of make sure that I stay on track and that things get done. And then I'm actually putting everything against the strategy of the business to make sure I get the best result possible. In the workshop, we go through a mapping process where we say, okay, well, let's take one function of the organization and let's map it. Let's start from raw product all the way through to the deliverable to the customer. What is it that this one process does or mm -hmm. this one system, you know, what systems do we use to help support this process? And when people understand that framework, then they say, oh my goodness, no wonder we move paper from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk over and over and over and over again. And we've never thought through, well, why do we do what <laughs> we do? Why, why is this the way we run the organization? No wonder we're understaffed and you know overworked is because we're not efficient in just thinking through basic processes of how to collaborate better and produce better results right and then another really core part of the framework is kind of the emotional intelligence the trust the stuff like that that is not strategy the exact thing you can define but more of these skills that you have to develop in order to work with people well and one of the things that I've really come to use every single day in my job is the idea of the fundamental attribution error mm -hmm. the thing that you say where we grade others on their actions and we expect them to grade us on our intent so I try and when there's a miscommunication or something's not quite right I try to think I can look at the action of this person but what is their intent and if I can understand that better maybe we can work better together. Maybe we can reach the goal faster. Sure. The underlying, and this 
kind of goes without saying, if you listen to any of these podcasts, you, you'll hear me say it over and over and over again. And that is nothing we've talked about on this entire podcast will work if there's a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is by far the foundational principle of organizational success, leadership success, teamwork success. All of it starts with trust. And without trust, nobody believes in the strategy. Without trust, they don't believe in the mission. Without trust, they don't believe their leaders. Without trust, they don't believe their teammates will do what they're supposed to do, so on and so forth. So trust is critical. Matter of fact, I have a client I'm working with right now that we have not even moved into any organizational true organizational development stuff right now because we are still struggling with how do we reestablish trust mm -hmm. so that the plans that we're about to make, they'll actually believe them and put some thought into them because right now they feel like some of the verbiage that's coming from senior management is just wind. It's not, there's no, nothing of substance behind it because they, there's a lack of trust. Both sides question why the other side doesn't trust each other. You know, management doesn't understand why the workers don't trust them and vice versa. <laughs> and so I'm trying to help them understand first and foremost, until we can figure out how to rebuild this trust and collaborate and understand, get, get a, what we call a pool of shared understanding, get everything in the middle, understand where everybody's at, understand why they feel the way they feel. Now let's clean it up, package it up and start over in a sense and rebuild the trust while we're putting our plans together. I feel like when I look out there at similar things to what 360 Solutions does, I feel like there's a lot of people that will work with companies on their on assessing their company and the strategy, and there's a lot of people that will work with companies on developing their leadership and their trust and their emotional intelligence, but putting it together seems like it's such a, a vital thing that people are just missing. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Another Harvard Business Review article that came out recently in and I use it constantly. And I, the first time I read it, I was like, holy smoke, this is awesome. This is exactly what I believe. And the title of it is Why So Many Leadership Development Initiatives Fail and What to Do About It. Mm -hmm. And being in the leadership development business, of course, I read it right away. And, and clearly what it says is do not invest a single dollar, a single hour of time developing leaders, developing teams, developing the human aspect of your business. If you have not taken at least that same amount of time or adequate time to assess the current gaps in the organization and clarify the strategy, here is our strategy, here's our vision, here's where we're headed, and then move to, and here are the behaviors that we need our leaders and our people and our teams to get better at. What do we need them to do more of and less of if they're going to be able to execute on this strategy? But so many times organizations will hire someone that says, well, I'm in the leadership business or I'm in the team business or I, I, I teach customer service training, whatever it might be. Leaders have identified a problem and they hire someone to come in and fix that problem or train with a start and stop point of we need to teach these people how to be better at customer service, whatever the case might be. And I have always said that is very difficult to measure the return on investment when you're just self-diagnosing a problem and hiring someone to come in and do some training instead of saying, look, we are clear about our strategy, our vision, our mission, where we're headed. We understand the, the gaps of where we're at and where we need to be. We understand the resources, time it's going to take to do it. And now we want to develop strong leaders, recruit and hire the right people that fit our culture. We want to build strong collaborative teams. We want to treat people like partners in the business in a sense and be transparent enough to say, 
this is what we need you to do and be and act like if we're going to accomplish the strategy and the goals of this business. It's not separate. There is no way to separate the strategy from the people. There's no way to separate the organization from the people. They are the same thing. They are a, a system approach, not a heap approach, like I talked about it a minute ago. Mm-hmm. If we were a heap-driven organization, strategies in one pile over here and the organization's in one pile over here and in this pile over here is people and we can keep them separate and still hit our goals. It does not work that way. They are intermingled, they are intertwined and and they have to work systematically together for the organization to be high performance. It seems like leaders and organizations nowadays kind of work like we do where, you know, if you don't feel good, you start WebMDing your symptoms and then, you know, you go to the doctor and you're like, you know, my pinky toe hurts. I think I have cancer. Mm-hmm. And they go, no, 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 wait, wait, you need to really look at and diagnose your problem. You can't do that. You are inside the bottle. It's hard to look at the label when you're inside the bottle. Yep. One of your favorite say- yep. sayings. And I feel like so many people just, they think they need this thing, but they really need to take a step back, right? Yeah. There's another term called the illusion of knowledge where people believe that because they know a little bit about something, they know everything about something. And the internet has caused all kinds of problems Mm -hmm. with that. We know for a fact that information is not the problem because information's everywhere. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn anything about anything, you can Google it find it and have overloads of information. It's execution of the information that most organizations struggle with. It's not that we don't know how, or maybe we know 80% of how it's how do we get people and our organization to execute on what we're learning spaced repetition of the right things at the right time for the right reason. And that changing and shifting that culture, that the flywheel effect where it's really hard in the beginning, but once we get that momentum going, it kind of takes on a life of its own. That constant focus, dedication of shifting beliefs, shifting strategy, clarifying vision, those kind of things is sometimes it requires a third party to help keep people focused, keep them engaged and help them understand how to move through the process. And that's where the workshop's kind of the first step, mm-hmm. learn the concepts, see if you agree with them for under five, 600 bucks. You can, Basically, it is the best ROI you can ever imagine. If you run an organization, you lead an organization, for-profit, non-profit, a startup, or one that's been around 100 years, it doesn't matter. The framework is applicable to every single person. It's like getting an MBA in organizational development over two days. It's it's the best of the best of all of the right principles on how to build a high-performance organization. Honestly, if you look at it, and you're you know back to the boat analogy, how much is that hole costing you? It's really hard to know until you actually get down there and see how big that hole is and how much water's coming in. Yep. So you, you need to, to look at it. You need to be able to identify it before you can actually know the, the full value of what it's costing you. It could be a lot of money. Most of the time, we believe we know more than what we do until someone shows us something different. Then we say, you know what? I never thought of it that way. I've, I've been doing it the same way for so long. I just didn't take the time to pause for a minute, look at my business from the outside, then start working on it from the inside with a different lens, a, a different paradigm and looking at it a little bit differently. And that's what the workshop's designed to do is help them see that. All right. So if you want to get started, you want to learn more about how our process works, 
360solutions.com. We have a link there for you to download our organizational transformation worksheet. I will put the link in the show notes as well. So if you want to get it there and print that out, send it around to people that you work with and really start talking about it. That's a really great first step. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'll also have information about the workshops on 360hpworkshops.com. That's 360hpworkshops.com. And there'll be information there about the one in Austin and also the one in Fresno. The Austin one is on November 2nd and 3rd, and the Fresno one is on November 9th and 10th. So if you miss one, you can go to the other one. Yep. Really good opportunities there. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.